0: welcome back everybody you are listening to the breakfast show here on faith FM this is encounter with God and we're about to jump into our Bible study which is going to be the most fascinating discussion about the eyes of God this week all about the eyes of God uh, so we need to uh, yeah we, we need to get into that now we have a couple of things to talk about before we get into it we have a text message coming through uh, ooh, let me see here. Uh, this one says, "Corruption, high places. He who controls the money rules. Power and greed has no limits. It is written in the book of remembrance." Well, the Bible outlines that. The Bible says that very, very clearly. Mm. And when we see it happening in our world, this refers back to uh, story that we referred to earlier about the uh, the two cardinals kind of going at each other. Uh, then we have uh, we see the Bible being fulfilled.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: another text message. Okay. Many years I went to an Aztec exhibition at the Sydney Art Gallery. I went to that one as well. Did you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you would. Um, I was living in Sydney. (laughs) Why wouldn't I? No, no, absolutely. Uh, Sydney Art Gallery, it was called El Dorado. Some of the exhibitions looked exactly like modern fighter jets. That's a fact. Ancient civilizations were much more advanced than we believe.
1: Mm, Whether they had
0: fighter jets or not, I don't know, but they certainly had models that looked like them. It's very, very cool. It's like, where did that come from? What were you? Obviously, not a bird. Yeah. Uh huh. What kind of a creature was that? They they found one actually. Um, they found a model aeroplane in a tomb in Egypt. What? And this was like back in the 1800s before aeroplanes were invented. Uh huh. And they stored it in the basement of the British Museum. Uh, and it was labelled as bird-like objects because <laughs> they didn't know what it was. Uh, when yeah. they actually found it, made a replica of it, it flies. It's a glider.
1: Amazing. <laughs> it's a glider. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally. I reckon there's so much technology that we just.
0: And, and, and this, and this is the, this is the thing. We had this discussion the other day. You know, the sorry, I butted in. Okay. We had this discussion the other day where the further you go back in time, if you just look at masonry, because masonry has survived, mm,
1: mm-hmm. right? So much
0: of the ancient technology has not survived, but masonry does. Yes. Okay, it's very simple. The further you go back, the less mortar there is used to fill the gaps, mm-hmm. to hold the stones apart, and the bigger the masonry, mm. the bigger the stones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just on a scale. Yeah. And you can, you can kind of draw it on a, on, a, on a scale, on a map, you know, this year BC, this year BC, you know, and go back and back and back and the, and the stone pieces of masonry just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we live in a world where we have hydraulics and we have cranes <laughs> and we have trucks and we uh-huh. have all kinds of technology and we're like, why would we use a stone that big? Yes, That's yes. too hard to transport. It's hard, too hard to do anything with. What would be the point? What is the purpose of that? Clearly, there was something going on in the ancient world that we just don't understand today. Yeah, because you know, you look at some of these massive blocks of stone—you know, 15, 1,300 tons or whatever they are—in uh, Lebanon and places like that. Baalbek—it's like really,
1: but it's lasted.
0: Well, it's still there. That's the thing, and like, it kind of gives you—it <laughs> kind of gives you a hint that. Things in ancient times were not as we often imagine they mm. were. And the simple reality is that men, you know, humanity was very, very advanced when you have, you know, when you are only one step from perfection, mm. only one step from the Garden of Eden, and you're living for a lifespan of nearly a thousand years. Imagine what you could learn in that time period and the knowledge that you could acquire
1: mm.
0: uh, in a very short space of time. You know, yeah. in the 1,600, 1,700 years it took to reach the flood and, of course, some of that knowledge would have passed down through Noah and his sons.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And that knowledge is what we are seeing in some of the relics that there are in the world today. Absolutely. It would be it's fascinating. It's cool, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so cool. <laughs> it is so cool. Yes, they call them uparts. Uparts. Uparts, out of place.
1: Oh, okay <laughs> Out of place parts
0: where, what, where did this come from? Why is that there?
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh
0: Alright uh, Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Bible study time Oh, before we get to our Bible study Yes end.digital Starts oh. on the 27th
1: Is that this week? Next week? Next week Next week
0: America in the end
1: Hey That's
0: what it's all about That's the one It's right. all happening in America right now uh, Voting has actually started Okay mm-hmm. Um, Because, you know, you can do your pre-voting kind of thing uh, Like we do in Australia And mm-hmm. particularly because of COVID They've you know, created all these special systems so that people can vote. So, yeah, it's it it's it's underway. It's happening.
1: It's mm-hmm. so a perfect timing then.
0: Ah, uh, oh, it is. To it jump is. On. It's, it's interesting too because you know it's that time of year when the candidates are normally massively exhausted. Hmm. They've got no voice because they're giving so many speeches every day, and they're just on this, you know, from from. Uh, uh, you know, from from one location to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. You know, it took Bill Clinton. I remember like weeks for his voice to come back after the election.
1: I feel like that's unhealthy. Yeah, oh, very <laughs>
0: unhealthy, incredibly unhealthy. Uh-huh, These uh-huh. guys are just on the road and they're just going from you know, they they, they work incredibly hard. Well, COVID, you know, oh, yeah. we just don't see them doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, as Biden's hardly come out of his basement and. Even Trump usually has a lot to say hasn't had much to say. Uh-huh. As as much to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, America in the end is all about American Bible prophecy. Um, mm. you can find it on the N. Digital. starts at 7:30 in the evening. Uh, you can find it on the end.digital uh YouTube and Facebook.
1: And is it I think you said the other day, it's First half hour is you guys talking. Second yes. half hour is live question and answer.
0: Live question and answer Absolutely. discussion panel to Americans, to Australians.
1: Amazing. Yeah.
0: Talking about how these events fit into and affect Bible prophecy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So you will definitely want to be a part of that. Uh, somebody's texted in to mention, to comment that Adam was the most brilliant man who ever lived. Oh, for sure. And he was the first man who ever lived. Yeah. And that, is, that makes him further back in history than any other human being. Mm-hmm. So what makes us think that we are so smart these <laughs> I days? Know. You know, yeah. we make it for like 70, 80, 90 years and we think we're pretty good and we learn lots of stuff. Well, you know, 930 years.
1: I think you could learn. No. Yes. Yeah, that's the one.
0: Well, 969 if you want to talk about uh, Methuselah. I wonder whether any of those guys made it past 1,000. The
1: Wouldn't they tell us if they did?
0: Why? They only recorded the firstborns.
1: Oh, that's a good point. But how many how many
0: how how many what size family could you have? (laughs) (laughs) If you live for nine hundred years.
1: Yeah, that's true. But the Bible has a habit of recording weird things too. Like you know how you'll be reading a story and it's like he was left handed and you know, so yeah, it's true.
0: Did you listen to Kelvin's section the other day? No, I missed it. He's a whole section on left-handedness oh, in the Bible. Yeah, because he always does. You know everything yeah, 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 weird, weird, wonderful, murky, obscure, yeah. wacky in the Bible.
1: Amazing. It Was
0: all about left-handedness. Yeah,
1: but you're right. You're right. There's a lot of people we don't know about. So,
0: yes, knows? the population of the world, we have no idea before the flood. It could have been uh, significantly larger than what it is now, simply because of the opportunity to be able to reproduce
1: fully. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We just don't know these no, things.
1: No, the things we don't know. One day we'll find ah, out. <laughs> if only we did, if only
0: we did. So many things to speculate about. Okay, let's talk about the eyes of God. And we were talking about yesterday creation mm-hmm. and how, that, how different our worldview is if you look at the world as being created as accidental. Yeah. And how that, if it's accidental, well, morality doesn't exist. Just mm. whatever you want. morality to be and society will say that some things are wrong and you'll go to jail for them but that doesn't mean that you have to feel guilty for it because it's like well i evolved Mm -hmm. whereas if you accept that the world was created then morality is a thing
1: makes sense yeah
0: there is such a thing as right and wrong yeah Uh, the only morality for a true atheist is anything that improves your ability to pass on your genetic material Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, truth, true atheism is one hundred percent selfish.
1: Mm, I don't Whereas think Christianity
0: is kind of yeah. the opposite of that. I was
1: gonna, no, I was just going to say that what you're saying. There's really no purpose or place for really any emotion at all, no. because if you have, yeah. Like if you kill someone, you just never feel guilty because it's just like you well, just there's, there's no I'm f- clearly the stronger stronger of the two. Like that's right.
0: And 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 what would be wrong with killing them? is just a chemical change taking place.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a big rabbit hole to go down.
0: <laughs> it is. It's all it is is like well, I'm going to enact a chemical change in your body right now. Bang. Uh
1: huh. Uh-huh.
0: And that's all there is to it from an atheist perspective. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It's actually a very moral thing to do from an evolutionary perspective because it is strengthening the gene pool.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: It is. All right. An atheist looks at a rainbow in the sky and sees nothing but a natural phenomena. Mm-hmm. Has no meaning other than that which humans decide to give it. In contrast... Someone, someone eyeing it from a biblical worldview sees not only the natural phenomena, which we see, the water and the light interacting, but a reaffirmation of God's promise not to destroy the world by a flood mm. and a reaffirmation of God as being a covenant-keeping God,
1: mm. a God mm-hmm.
0: who keeps his word. Because yep. 4,000 years later and the world has not been destroyed by a flood. Yes. Ah yes. All right. So, and that's just one you know example that we have of how differently an atheist and a Christian will view the world when looking at the world through the eyes of God. Uh, interesting quote right here: "How great the condescension of God and His compassion for His erring creatures! In thus placing the beautiful rainbow in the clouds as a token of His covenant with men." Mm. It was God's purpose that as the children of after generations should ask the meaning of the glorious arch which spans the heavens, their parents would repeat the story of the flood and tell them that Most High had bended bended the bow and placed it in the clouds and as, as an assurance that the waters should never again overflow the earth. I grew up in a Christian home. Mm, same. I grew up looking at rainbows and finding it impossible to look at a rainbow without thinking about God's promise.
1: Hmm. Do you feel like you continued that as you grew up though, or was that more when you were a kid?
0: no, i still i, I saw a rainbow driving back from Sydney the other day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. the first thing that went through my mind was the promise of God,
1: yeah, that's awesome, yeah, you just
0: can't not you know when you grow up with it's just like it's, it's part of you who you are Mm-mm. yeah why well, you don't
1: no, it probably is my I think I see it, I'm more reminded of God as a God of beauty, I think now, like as in not that I think that God's promises aren't there, I think they are, yeah, um, but it's kind of become you know. It's kind of there in your background But it's in the forefront Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that it's actually really important When we Well, when I've met people Who are becoming Christian Or are just hearing about God And you see them get excited again Like as an adult Like when I've talked to people And they go like So rainbows So God said Oh You know, that they get that excitement back That it's a new thing That they're like I didn't know I just, you know I knew it happened when it rained And so I probably don't have that say (laughs) Most adults probably don't But That's probably a good reminder when I see that. I'm like, yes.
0: God keeps his promises. Absolutely. Somebody texts in to to make an interesting observation. How do unbelievers have a conscience? Because human beings automatically know what is right and wrong.
1: Well, I'd say God put that in our heart, though.
0: Oh, but if you're an unbeliever and you don't believe in God, how do you have a conscience? What is the evolutionary Uh -uh. um, model for having a conscience?
1: Because oh, all humans yeah. have it. Yes, yes.
0: And humans will do things that will greatly damage their chances of passing on their genetic material, mm-hmm. which is the only moral thing to do from an ev- evolutionary perspective. Mm-hmm. They will do things to greatly damage that. They will sacrifice mm-hmm. their opportunities to do that to help preserve the gen- genetic material of somebody that they're not connected to or related to on the other side of the world.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Where does that come from? What's the What's the evolutionary, the evolutionary model for that?
1: Mm, look, I don't think there is. More, there is none. There
0: <laughs> is none. It's a very, very astute uh, observation, right there.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yes, very. yeah. Uh,
0: All right, so we've got some Bible verses we need to look at Ephesians chapter six and verse twelve. We've got some questions to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh. Truths are found in the following text and help, can better help us understand the reality we exist in. So we're going to look at the reality that we exist in. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, please, Minnie.
1: For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places.
0: So we started off in our new section by talking about aliens. Mm-hmm. Does the Bible speak about aliens?
1: Oh, it does. I think
0: you just read about aliens. Read yes, that verse again. It,
1: uh, yes, <laughs> but, but not in the way that we would talk. We would typically not in the science being, fiction version. No, no. But as far as other beings, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely, that's right. This is talking about evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, evil okay. spirits in heavenly places.
0: And and I want you to think about this for a moment. Because, you know, science fiction has created this whole, you know, alien sort of, uh, you know, life that is out there. The Bible very, very clearly speaks about An alien is anyone who is, or any living thing that is extraterrestrial.
1: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: Who doesn't live on this this earth. This earth is not their home. They're from a different part of the universe. Yes. So at the very least, there are lots of angels... Both good and bad, mm. uh, apart from God Himself, and all of them are aliens. They are alien to this earth. Yes. It's like, you know, somebody who is a resident alien in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're from a different country. It doesn't mean they're from a different part of the universe and, <laughs> and um, you know, have long faces and mm-hmm. green skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, Telly. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bible speaks about aliens. Uh, were aliens involved in the NASCAR lines? Probably. Mm. And let me say Connection why I say that. Let me say say why I say that. I think it would be, at the very least, mm. it would be almost impossible to believe that the NASCAR lines were not connected to the NASCAR religion.
1: Yes, yep. I agree with that.
0: Now, maybe it was just secular art- artwork.
1: But the ancient world didn't wasn't really The ancient really world didn't do that. No.
0: didn't happen in the ancient world. It, if, if that was the case and that was proven to be the case, which it never will yeah. because it's history, mm. you can't prove anything, <laughs> um, mm. then uh, it would be a first. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's really only been rec- very recent hi- history that you – the idea of someone having a spiritual belief and religious belief is different. Like they're always right. connected. And oh, often Absolutely. That drove their entire life, like that. That religious spiritual belief was connected to everything.
0: That's right. I was um, just chatting with somebody yesterday who um, had a work issue, and in their work issue, um, you know, they were looking for, you know, certain conditions in their workplace. Hmm. Uh, as a result, what they wrote down was um, for personal and religious reasons. Hmm. Uh, and reasons of religious practice or something like that. Yeah, and their boss wanted clarification on the personal, and this person was talking to me. Is like, okay, how do I how do I separate personal from religious?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's it's personal because it's religious. Yeah, <laughs> it's religious because it's personal. But it's true. The secular world does separate the two. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, this is religion, and this is you know. Your culture and these things are separate from each other no particularly in the ancient world, they cannot be separated from each other in any way, shape or form, and uh my personal experience with God is very much a part of my religion
1: yeah yeah yeah, totally
0: It's like people people come to me and they're like oh yeah 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 you know i I'm, I'm, I'm uh I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual mm. well you're religious
1: mm you
0: know, if you're spiritual, you're religious, yeah, you're just playing with words
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what It's all semantics, like <laughs>
0: yeah. 100%. Uh, people just don't want to be associated with bad you know,
1: religion.
0: That's right. Mm. And they see so much bad religion, and they see so much bad press yeah. that you know big religions cop all the time, mm. which you know we've been talking about here on the radio this morning. Uh, that they're just like, yeah, not not me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not me. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not an atheist, but. I'm not that. I'm either. not that. Yeah, yeah I'm not bad. <laughs> get that out of here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. All right, okay. So, um, how does the, the question is how does this verse that you've just read help us to better understand the reality we exist in?
1: I actually think this is a really intense verse, but it's really important because this is saying we live in a reality with a whole bunch of things that we can't see around us, which for a lot of people, reality is what I can touch, see, like everything I can experience enough physical capacity and this is there going the unseen world and you're like okay brilliant brilliant <laughs> Like, which is really important though if we believe the bible is true we have to acknowledge that this unseen reality is as much reality that's right like it impacts so that's much just
0: as much reality as the reality that we can see um, and just as important if not more so You're
1: listening to the Breakfast
0: Joe Podcast on Faith FM Positively different And we're about to get into a whole bunch of Bible verses Oh, somebody texted in to say that The rainbow takes me, takes me always straight back to the promise of God uh-huh. to Noah A great blessing, so always that's And that's awesome. from somebody who I believe is a grandparent
1: Oh, that's so good oh, yeah.
0: Definitely a grandparent So the entire life, seeing the rainbow and going straight to the promise. I'm just like that. Every time I see a rainbow, it's like God keeps his promises. That Mm. thought just goes through my mind.
1: Amazing, yeah.
0: You know, if Angela was here right now, she'd be like, yes, see, outdoor education. You teach kids things outdoors and you connect a truth to something and it will stay with them.
1: No, Jesus did that. Like how often did Jesus use nature to teach about who God was?
0: I just got super excited about you that. He did <laughs> and and through, through your me, pen, through my pen at Minnie's. What's through the middle of it. the pen? <laughs> <laughs> me, well, I, I whizzed my pen through the air, and the middle came straight out and headed Minnie's direction, but thankfully it didn't make it. <laughs> or she would have been ducking. Ah, fun times! All right, Mark chapter thirteen verse seven. I think this is a good thing as far as education goes. That, and this is a great example right here. Uh, particularly for parents, if you can link a moral truth or an important lesson to something that your children will see yes. on a semi regular basis, mm-hmm. they will always be reminded of that thing. Yeah. And so every time I see a rainbow, it's like, yes, God keeps his promises. Yeah. And it's just a good, it's a great reinforcement. I've never I find it it's impossible for me to see a rainbow and not think that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like that's something too that's very unchanging. Like, since God has given us rainbows, generally speaking, if it rains or, you know, even if you're hosing sometimes the rain, like it's, you can't disconnect that. You can't be like, okay, there's no longer going to be rainbows. No, there always will be.
0: Now here's an interesting thought. Oh, okay. I just realised I never have that thought when I see a picture of a rainbow as in a painted one.
1: Yeah. I only ever have that Uh thought when I see a real one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm the same actually.
0: Yeah, only when I see a real one.
1: Like if I see a painting, I'm like, oh, that's lovely, but it's not quite the same. No. Interesting.
0: Mark chapter 13 and verse
1: 7. Mark 13 verse 7. Says, uh, let me find this. Okay, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars. Is this what I'm reading?
0: This is what you're reading. Okay,
1: okay, okay. You will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately.
0: Okay, so when you read this particular passage right here, uh, and the question is, how do these verses help us to understand the world in which we live? We can see wars and rumors of wars and we can be incredibly panicked and worried about it. Mm. But the Bible says these are just the beginnings of the birth pains. Um, They are a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. They're not the end of the world. Mm. And so the great thing about this, particularly for people like myself who lived during the Cold War, was that we could read these verses and go like, yeah, okay, the world's not going to end with a nuclear holocaust. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Because that threat was very, very, very real, and it hung over the heads of a lot of people, and a lot of people were super stressed about it right the way through the Cold War, when you had, you know, two superpowers that had the capacity to destroy life on Earth forty times over, um, and a hair trigger, mm-hmm. and their finger just sort of resting on that trigger, that, you know, for decades. Just staring at each other with their finger resting on the trigger made lots of people nervous, didn't make Christians nervous? Like, yeah, wars and rumors of wars. But that's a really good
1: point because I have quite a few friends who are like, I don't know, early twenties ish, we'll say, Um, and that's something that that, oh, I was I was talking to someone a few years ago and they were talking about there's hundred percent going to be a World War Three and it's going to kill us all. You know, they were just like convinced. Then like, are you seeing the world? And now. They actually were right in saying that the world is a mess. They, yes. they were actually seeing what I also yes. believe. But having having that different mentality of what it all means and what the end result is shifts a lot. Really, if you're like, okay, we're all gonna die. That's it. The governments, they're just gonna go full corrupt. We're gonna kill us all. Or my belief is to go, man, Jesus is coming back. Like he knows what's happening. He's got us now. I don't know how that looks. I don't. Know. You know, I don't know all of the details, but there's still that like that bit of hope in it. You know, there's that. Do do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think I'm being very articulate, but no,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. And that changes a lot about how we
1: live. Like yes, because we
0: see the world through the eyes of God.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what the lesson is all about. Mm. We see the big picture. Uh, Yeah, I've got friends who believe that you know half of the world's environment will be gone in 80 Mm. years' time, and that could be true. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, global warming is going to make the equator uninhabitable. All of this kind of stuff. Uh, do I approach that with the same level of fear and trepidation? No. No. Yeah. Because I've read the end of the book. I know how it ends. Yes. You know, That's and it, and, it, and it ends with victory for God and victory for God's people. Yeah. Does that mean that I don't worry about? I don't do what I can to ensure peace on earth? Mm-mm. Uh, no. Does it mean that I don't do what I can to uh, look after the environment? No. <laughs> God expects us to be peacemakers, Yes. and God expects us to look after the planet. Yeah, for sure. And be and to be responsible. Um, he made us stewards of the planet.
1: Message messages
0: coming in many in many countries. Okay, text message again. Demon possession is not uncommon. In the name of Jesus, they have come out. When Satan fell to earth, one third of the angels uh, came with him. After probation, all of the unsaved will be. Demon-possessed, the Holy Spirit has been removed from the earth. The world is full of aliens, demons. Mm, mm. Yes, indeed it is. Okay, so more big picture verses. Let's go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. That Some verses here that sort of uh, peel back the curtains and help us to see the big picture of what actually is going on. Romans 5 verse 8.
1: Okay, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners.
0: Okay, so this is this is looking at another different a different perspective again. How does that help us to understand the reality of the existence that we live in?
1: I think if you know that you are loved, you live differently. You do, like you just do, and because this is going while you were still sinners, this is this is before you got things sorted out. That's right. So if you're in a space currently, or you see people currently that you're just like, man, this is not good. How can we be fixed? Like you know, this you don't have to live despairing. Or live overwhelmed. Yeah, it doesn't mean you won't have feelings at times of that potentially. But if God is going, no, no, I, I know. And I kind of think, you know, the, the darkest and worst places in your life, for me, sometimes it's been helpful to be like, you know what? It's for this that Jesus died for. So if in this space he went, no, no, she was worth it, then why not come and just spend time with him?
0: Do you know yeah, what I mean? I so, so
1: for me, that actually changes the daily if I'm in that space. And then for the days where it's awesome and I'm like having these great devotions and, you know, all the things, God, it's also like, okay, this is actually still a grace of God. <laughs> like, let's just not let that go to your head. Like this is still just the nature of who God is.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Let's go to uh, while you're there, Romans 8 verse 28.
1: Okie dokie. So we have, actually I think this is a great verse. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them.
0: Yeah, this is one of those verses that you really do need to memorize. That's a pretty good one. Because sometimes (laughs) things go really, really south, really badly, and it's like, okay, what do we do right now? Mm -mm. That's when you come back and quote this verse right here. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5, another one. For the living know that they will die, the dead know nothing, and though they have any more reward, even their name is forgotten. Therefore, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Lots of verses here that help us to understand the reality that we live in. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Now it is time for... Question
1: of the Day. Okie dokie. So this was um, sent in by a listener. So the question is, I've heard it taught that a woman in prophecy symbolizes a church. In Revelation 12, a woman gives birth to a child who seems to be Jesus. How can the church give birth to Jesus? Didn't the church come after Jesus? That's the question.
0: Okay, so if you look at Revelation chapter 12, you're going to find that uh, it begins in verse 1, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. This is clearly a symbolic woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't look up into the night sky and see a woman standing on the moon Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and clothed with the sun with 12 stars around her head. Uh, So this is very, very clearly symbolic, highly symbolic. Um, She being with child, cried, uh, travailing in birth, pain to be delivered. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, the great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Now, the reason I'm pointing this out is because there are those who will say, well, the woman here is clearly Mary because Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ, so this is a prophecy about Mary. No, you will never find Mary uh, standing on the moon Neither will you find Mary in conflict with the great red dragon. Uh Uh, This is symbolic language and so to understand the prophecy you must decode the symbolism of the prophecy. Mm. Throughout the Bible a woman is a symbol of a church. We've got a multitude of uh, verses that support that and it is a symbol of the church both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now the person has asked the question, doesn't the church post-date Jesus Christ? No. The church began in the Garden of Eden. Mm. That's where the church begins and the church runs right the way through. Just because the church has different names and different forms does not mean that the church doesn't pass all the way through. Mm. And so God's people in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, was God's church. And what's interesting is not only is the church in the New Testament symbolized by a woman... But God's people in the Old Testament are symbolized by a woman. Yes. Over and over and over again, God addresses his people, his nation, as his bride, as a woman. Mm. Uh, and you'll find this, you know, just repeated right throughout the Bible. And so, uh, did Jesus come from the church? Yes. Absolutely, he did, because he came from the nation of Israel. If he had come from the. Roman Empire. Well, he did kind of come from, but if he come from, uh, say, the Italian Peninsula, where you know this was the this was the headquarters of Rome, there was nothing about God's Church there whatsoever at all. Then the prophecy would have failed. Mm. And if he was born to parents who were Roman and not Jewish, the prophecy would have failed. But because Jesus is brought forth from God's Church which was God's people, which was the Jewish people. If you wanted to find salvation, where did you go in those times? You went to Jerusalem and you accepted the Jewish faith and became a Jew, a spiritual Jew, not obviously a, a, uh, a, a biological Jew, but yes. you became a spiritual Jew. You were what was called the proselyte. There were many, many people who were proselytes. And so this was God's church. And it was God's church that gave birth to Jesus Christ because both Mary and Joseph were Jewish people. Not only were they Jewish people, they were both descendants of King David. So they've got a mm. you know a very, very clear line. And this is one of the reasons why the Bible gives you this very, very clear genealogy through both uh, Joseph's line and through Mary's line, one in Matthew, one in Luke, uh, to show that Jesus was brought forth from God's people. He was brought forth from. From God's church. Then the Bible says that the woman fled into a wilderness for 1260 years. Uh, obviously, Mary never did that. Yes.
1: Thanks for being a part of
0: the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.